Changing the culture and chemistry has seemed to be a continued priority of Pedro Grafols. We're starting to get some proof of that from off-season testimonials and how the first few days of spring training have gone. Uh, speaking of chemistry, Elvis Andrus is back. He signs a one-year deal to return to the Southsiders and looks to be the new second baseman. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Just search Locked on White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Locked on White Sox is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Lucas Giolito has slimmed down. Michael Kopech has grand plans for this coming season. Uh, Yoan Mancada and Luis Robert Jr. are healthy and ready to go. And Pedro Grafol is pressing all the right buttons. Oh, and Mike Clevenger uh, threatens to possibly sue 670 the score. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Uh, position players are set to report today although many have already made their presence felt. Hey, appreciate you passing along this podcast to other White Sox fans in your life. Uh, Just remember, we've got a Mailbag Wednesday episode coming up. Get any questions and comments you have to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Chemistry 101. Uh, What difference can a manager make? We're going to focus a little bit on that in this episode. And speaking of chemistry, boy, Elvis Andrews is back. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while on this podcast. I know uh, other folks uh, have been, you know, sending some of those questions in uh, actually for uh, Mailbag Wednesday. Uh, This has been kind of a a hot topic. Hey, wait a second. Didn't this guy want to play for the White Sox? Wasn't he a spark plug for this team? What's going on? Nobody has signed him. It seemed like the the Boston Red Sox needed to fill that type of position. That didn't happen. Heard a lot about, well, it might be financially something that the Sox can't do. It might be too expensive. Man, heard so much about Romy Gonzalez uh, and, of course, Lenin Sosa. Maybe even Jake Berger was going to play some second base. And then Sunday early evening, we get the news that Elvis Andrews signed a one-year, $3 million deal. That was according to Bob Nightingale. So why is this a big deal for the White Sox? I mean, look, he seemed to really bring some energy to this ball club that they sorely needed throughout the season. Mid part, I would say for sure is when things really, uh, really escalated. And he just kind of lit a fire under this team, uh, kind of carried them for for a short while. Can he do it for a whole season? I don't know. He's 34 years old. He wanted to return to the Chicago White Sox. Um, the Sox, obviously, we've been talking about it. Everybody has been talking about it locally and nationally. 
they do not have a veteran presence at second base. Uh, nothing was done in the offseason to address uh, that position until, of course, uh, Sunday early evening. Now, Elvis Andres has not played uh, second base, uh, but I like his range. I mean, second baseman uh, this year with the shift being banned, they are going to need the range. So I like a lifetime shortstop moving over to second base, which he's going to do uh, because of what is going to be required uh, of that position in 2023. Uh, according to Scott Merkin, uh, Andrews spent the offseason hitting with Mike Tosar, uh, who's now on the Chicago White Sox coaching staff, and Oscar Colas in Miami. Uh, Andrews returns to the south side of Chicago after hitting 271, 309, 464, over 191 plate appearances for the White Sox last season. Uh, this was Mark uh, Polish uh, from MLB Trade Rumors. Uh, this is the first position change of Andrews's 14-year MLB career as he has uh, exclusively played shortstop with a handful of DH games over his 1,947 major league games. Andrews has made exactly one professional appearance at second base, and it happened way back in his first pro season of 2005 with the Braves Rookie Ball affiliate. Uh, the $3 million outlay for Andrews bumps Chicago's payroll to roughly $189.1 million as per roster resource. Uh, this is a little less than the approximately $193 million uh, the White Sox spent last season. Uh, so talking about chemistry and doing the little things, uh, Scott Merkin had something on WhiteSox.com this past weekend. I don't know if you saw it. I really enjoyed this article. There's so much to read over these last several days. So many videos uh, to consume. A lot of, lot of stuff coming out You know, in these first few days of camp. Uh, no shortage of information. So uh, this is what Merck had to say. The team needed to be far better in year three of the competitive window uh, following a rebuild. Enter Grafol, who has made the early workouts a little more intense, a little closer to game speed. It's something the Chicago White Sox players requested through off-season conversations with their new manager. There is that communication piece. Uh, he is listening. Uh, said Grafol, uh, they're doing an unbelievable job. All we can do is prepare ourselves to have success. Right now, I'm pretty happy with the work they're putting in and the intensity. Uh, players came into camp in outstanding uh, physical condition with eight White Sox players getting going early this offseason to prepare for the World Baseball Classic uh, by Friday, this past Friday, we're talking about almost everyone had arrived in Glendale, Arizona, although, of course, position players officially report uh, February 20th. So uh, I really, again, I like that piece about through conversations Grafol had with players uh, this offseason and probably even with the coaching staff, uh, this is what he's doing. He's listening to what they're saying. Hey, let's make this, you know, more intense. Let's try to mirror uh, what the regular season is going to be like. So we are not slowly moving through April and May. We are hitting the ground running. And you're hearing that a lot in these articles that I poured over uh, this past weekend from players, from coaches, from Han, and of course, Grafol uh, himself. 
it seems like, uh, you know, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, but Yohan Mankata is drawing high praise from Grafol and has lined himself up to return to 2019 form. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Uh, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yoan Mankata, uh, boy, you just mentioned his name, and uh, you will get so many different comments and uh, suggestions, ideas, opinions. He's a polarizing uh, Chicago White Sox player and, and has been uh, for a while. Yoan Mankata, 27 years old, uh, entering his seventh season can you believe that seventh season uh, with the Chicago White Sox uh, of course that highlight really the 2019 campaign that featured a 915 OPS and a career high 25 home runs and 79 RBIs um, a lot of stuff on Yoan Mankata uh, the, over the last few days some video uh, released of course everybody's you know in the greatest shape uh, of their lives that's what they're going to say uh, it was interesting to read some of these articles on Mankata specifically on why he's in such good shape. You know, what were the mental uh, thought process is? What is he doing different? What went wrong uh, last year? It sure, it sure sounds like the World Baseball Classic is, is motivation uh, for Mankata to play for Team Cuba. Uh, there's, uh, there's that competitiveness early. And uh, could that help? You know, I think that's a factor with Robert Jr. Uh, could that help? I think it will uh, coming in to, you know, that Houston series and they have come off of some very competitive uh, baseball in the world ba baseball classic. So looking for a strong 2023 as everybody uh, has been, he's in camp healthy, uh, implemented a new fitness regimen uh, during the off season. Mancata's off season encompassed vast changes uh, he took better care of his body with more treatment, added exercises to be more athletic and to move better, and even added massages. Uh, this was the praise from Grafol. I've been impressed with Mankata since I got hired. He's returned every phone call. He's answered every text. He got here early. He's in shape. He's hungry for information. He's been available. He's asked questions. He's developing a good relationship with third base and infield coach Eddie Rodriguez, which I think is huge. I've been impressed with everything he's done so far. Uh, so is this just a case of, hey, there's a new manager. I like this new manager's message and how he goes about doing things. I dealt with Tony La Russa out of respect. He was the manager then. Uh, but I really like this Grafol guy. I like what he's trying to implement, and I like the coaching staff he's surrounded himself with. I connect with them better. Uh, could it be just, you know what, 
I've got extra motivation for the World Baseball Classic. I don't know. It's a lot of great words. We need to see what happens once the season starts, but I like what I've heard. This is Mankata himself. It means a lot to be back and to feel better than how I felt last year. I think I'm going to have a good season. I prepared myself to have a good season, and hopefully that will be the case this year. I'm feeling very good right now, and hopefully that is going to translate into a successful season, not just for me, but for the team. Luis Robert Jr. will be his teammate uh, for Team Cuba in the World Baseball Classic, and some impressive stuff from Robert Jr. Uh, great article by James Fegan in The Athletic, if you have an opportunity uh, to read that, check that out on everything that's been on Robert's plate, uh, what his offseason has been like and, and where he's at right now. Uh, according to Fegan, this spring, uh, Robert is touting a winter spent doing more on-field work and baseball-specific activity at his new home in Tampa, as opposed to previous winters when he merely worked out a lot amid regular batting cage sessions. Uh, but this uptick in activity uh, is basically from his participation in the World Baseball Classic for Team Cuba, which both he and Mancata have referred to as something that I was dreaming of. Robert simply had to be game ready sooner rather than have a normal spring where things were a little slow around this time. If he was going to play as the Sox were willing to allow him to do, he figured he would do what he could do to avoid getting hurt and was tired of the feeling of easing his way into spring training. Now, this was Robert. I didn't alter my workload in the offseason because of what happened last year. What I did during this offseason, I did it for me. I did it because I wanted to feel better coming into spring training instead of what it used to be, that I came into a spring game feeling a little cold, not completely ready. When you see my stats, they're good, but they're not good enough, Robert said, because I haven't been able to stay on the field consistently. But once I'm able to play 140-plus games, I think those stats are going to be better when they're going to see what I'm capable of of on the field. In the meantime, I can't say anything else because I haven't reached that number yet. Uh, here's Pedro Grafol. This guy has an opportunity to win an MVP, uh, Grafol said. Uh, if he puts it all together, it's special. Uh, we've seen the power. We've seen the speed. We've seen the way he runs out there in center field, how he plays defense and steals bases. There's really nothing he can't do on the baseball field. We just have to keep him on the field for 162. Uh, according to Fegan, Robert spoke highly of the conversations he's had with Grafol, uh, as well as hitting coach Jose Castro and field coordinator Mike Tosar about his approach and adjustments he could make. But fundamentally, his approach is built upon a heavy degree of trust in the rhythm and timing of his swing and is so much more dangerous when he's healthy and playing regularly rather than coming off the injured list and searching for field. That is a huge thing. I'm glad Fegan talked about that in this article. When you are having to miss playing time, stop, start, stop, start, uh, because you are injured constantly. You just can't get into that rhythm. Uh, Aloy Jimenez talked about it last uh, season. It, it's just a drag. You know, you play a, a week or so, and then something else happens, and you've got to sit down, and then you've got to get back into a rhythm, and then something happens. Uh, in the rhythm of his swing, 
obviously a million times more dangerous when he's playing regularly. He can get his timing down. Uh, hopefully the plate discipline follows as well. A fan duel has him as a plus 6,000 to win the AL MVP. Really enjoyed that article by Fegan in The Athletic on Luis Robert. Hey, there are uh, no shortage of videos out there of White Sox pitchers uh, throwing bullpen sessions already in Arizona. I'm going to tell you why Giolito's transformation is most intriguing. More on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing for you. Uh, you got to try Built. Uh, with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Uh, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution if you're still on that here uh, in late February. What makes Built Bars so good? Uh, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 14 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box in the mail. Uh, for years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. And uh, now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk up to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter uh, and churro. Hey, how about those uh, pitchers? Uh, I love seeing this this video, uh, you know, whether it's Kopech or, or Lynn or or Giolito, or Cease, who's got the mustache back. Really appreciate that. Uh, love these videos. Can't get enough of them. Uh, I'm such a pitching guy, and I feel like, you know, pitching can take a team uh, very far. Uh, G- Lucas Giolito, I mean, again, another guy that's polarizing. Uh, this guy has slimmed down. If you haven't seen the videos yet, uh, check them out. And he had a lot to say uh, last week to the media. This was Giolito. I feel like that That's something that's on my mind. I can start to add pressure on myself that I don't really want to add because we already have enough, uh, just in the sense of what we want to do as an organization, as a team coming after this last season with such a disappointment. I feel that we all, at least looking around camp, seeing so many guys show up in great shape and watching bullpens and just unreal stuff right now, I feel like our focus is on writing the ship from last year and going out and playing really good White Sox baseball. If I do my part doing that, uh, then everything else will take care of itself. That's not something I that's not something I keep on my mind. Uh, Giolito 28 is focused on bouncing back after going 11 and 9 with a 4.90 ERA in 30 starts last season. I just took last year's failure as big-time motivation, so I worked really hard in the gym, kind of revamped just the focus and attention to every little area when it comes to getting my body in the correct shape so my muscles are strong, loose. I'm able to explode when I want to, and I did a lot of work on the throwing side, getting my mechanics back to a nice, fluid state, getting everything on time 
and firing correctly. The combination of all that stuff just worked really hard in the offseason, uh, and it feels great. I feel like my pitches are in a lot better spot than last year. But in general, my body just feels better. So I feel like I can go out and get after it with all my pitches, Giolito said. With all the work I did on the throwing side, I was able to get the slots and the releases back to a really good spot. So I'm just going to continue with that work and trust this process we have here in camp and stay really present and work each day. Boy, uh, hey, I love what Giolito's saying, and he looks pretty good in these videos. Talk about flexibility. I mean, he does look back to his previous self. Uh, Giolito came into White Sox camp last year at 280 pounds. Uh, this spring, the six foot six right-hander is at 245. Uh, how about another guy I got my eyes on, Kopech? I think he's the X factor in the starting rotation. Um, I, I've been really hoping that he can start the season fresh, no limitations, that knee is right. And he had some great things to say. Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune had a great article on Michael Kopech. Got me pretty excited. Uh, this is what Kopech had to say. I'm at a point where the knee's feeling better, the shoulder's feeling better, but it's just kind of smoothing things out and getting back to 100%. I feel ready. It will be a little bit before I get to hitters, but I'll be ready by opening day. Uh, hopefully, I'd like to throw more innings than I did last year. Make 30-plus starts, Kopech said. I had 25 last year and not a lot of innings my first full season as a starter. So the more I can do to help the team every five days, that's one goal. Just to get close to 180 to 200 innings would make a lot of difference to me and would help. Uh, to help the team more than it did last year. That's music to my ears. 180 to 200 innings? Are you kidding me? He was at like 120 uh, last season. Obviously, there were some injuries that played into it, and I think some limitations that were placed on him. I mean, that would be outstanding if he can get to 30-plus starts and 180 to 200 innings. Uh, this is what Grafol had to say. He's on track. He's obviously a big part of this. He's on track to do his thing, wherever we slot him in, he's got to go through the process, but he's right on pace to where we want him to be at the start of the season. Uh, he's just got to be healthy throughout the spring. If he's healthy throughout the spring, he'll be ready to go. Not opening day, obviously, but probably the second series. Could we see him for the home opener against the Giants? That would be electric. Uh, how about some leadership roles? We've been talking about this. Who's going to step up? Maybe it's a pitcher. Lance Lynn had some things about who could maybe fill in uh, those leadership spots. Uh, who replaces Jose Abreu in that a leadership role? It might not just be one player, and they are taking their cue from Grafol. Uh, that's the main thing is how we are going to go about our business. How are we going to play? What's going to be expected of us every day, uh, Lance Lynn said. How are we going to be held accountable? not only in the clubhouse, but from the coaching staff. We get all those things ironed out, and we're going to be good. You can't force it. Players see that. So if you show up every day and play the game hard, people will naturally kind of follow. Uh, that's the way I was taught to do it, do things the right way and compete. If you do that, everything else will take care of itself. Uh, great stuff from Lance Lynn, a guy that most likely will not uh, be looked at as a leader. Mike Clevenger, what a mess, uh, continues to get himself into some hot water. You can read for yourself 
all the stuff that transpired, I think it was Friday and maybe throughout the weekend, there was some uh, really interesting articles uh, after his press conference that was just ridiculous, everything he said. Uh, and, uh, you know, Olivia Feinstead then went on the score and uh, she she said, told her side of the story. Clevenger, you know, bit back. Uh, what a character he is, man. Doesn't want to be a distraction, yet he is a distraction. Now he's threatening, I guess, to sue 670 to the score because of that whole radio piece. Uh, it really is drama as the world turns. So I don't even want to give him the time of day and everything that he's bringing upon himself. I wish his lawyer or somebody would just tell him, stop, stop talking, stop talking. There is a lot of good going on in the Chicago White Sox camp. Excited to have Elvis Andrews back and really excited to hear that Liam Hendricks has been around, has been throwing, seems to be, you know, you know, doing well. We don't get official reports. And I think we won't hear about that till closer to opening day. That's something that Rick Hahn has talked about, but a lot of players have commented on how having Liam Hendricks around has been, you know, just uh, raising the spirits and uh, it's really exciting. Great to hear that stuff. That's the positive. That's the focus. Uh, we need to be on right now is Liam Hendricks and what he is doing and his involvement in camp and uh, exciting stuff. So uh, position players are reporting and we're less than a week away from the first spring training game, February 25th. I believe that will be televised. Uh, only six games going to be televised out of 31, uh, which is not unusual. It's just kind of sad, but uh, that's the case. So I believe the first game, though, February 25th, will be televised. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and get your questions in for this week's Wednesday mailbag, LockedOnSacks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sacks your first listen. I'll make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free, and wherever you get your podcast coming up on the next episode, battles for roster spots continue as the White Sox inch closer to their first game of the spring. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.